Hi, and welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Listener Anna from Toronto wrote in and asked how to determine whether the person you're dating is the right match for you. And Anna speaks for an entire generation with this question, because for millennia, we've partnered within our tribe, our village, or our neighborhood. And if we were lucky, the number of eligible partners we had to choose from reached maybe a dozen. Fast forward to today, however, and we can connect with untold numbers of people with the right swipe of a finger. But choice can be a double-edged sword. It breeds the illusion that we can find our soulmate if we just sort patiently and diligently enough. And in turn, this leads to second-guessing, high-pressure first dates, and rampant perfectionism in pursuit of the one. So what does a diligent mate search look like in the 21st century? And how do we know when we've found the one? Do birds suddenly appear every time they are near? Do stars fall from the sky every time they walk by? The bad news? There's no foolproof formula. The good news, there are some rules of thumb to follow, though you can still find true love even if you break them all. So this week, here are six ways to dive into the search. So tip number one is you found a match if you, well, match. When looking for a mate, people are, shall we say, optimists. A study in the journal Science Advances examined heterosexual online daters across four major U.S. cities, and they found that people have a general idea of how attractive they are, and from there, they tend to punch up. The study found that both male and female mate seekers tended to contact profiles who were about 25% more attractive than themselves, and when doing so, strategically compensated by writing a longer message. Now, despite all this optimism, In the end, couples tend to match on all sorts of variables, including attractiveness. And this phenomenon is called assortative mating, and it's the overall tendency for all animals, from poison dart frogs to black-headed gulls to humans, to pair like with like. We humans often, but not always, pair up by age, education, social class, body height and size, and many other factors, including attractiveness. There are, of course, many exceptions to this rule. Ugly rock stars marrying supermodels is just the beginning. But in general, your perfect match will be exactly that, a match on many different variables. Tip number two, shared values set you up for a shared life. Even more important than matching on physical and demographic stats, shared values set you up for the long haul. Again, exceptions abound, but agreeing on, for example, the importance of education, how you spend money, the place of religion in your lives, your political leanings, and more can create a solid foundation for a future together. You don't have to agree on everything, but connecting on the fundamentals means smoother sailing through the years. Tip number three, your partner's personality can hint to whether or not they'll cheat. Infidelity is a deal breaker for many relationships, and while there's no crystal ball for cheaters, you can read your partner's personality with some accuracy. So in personality research lingo, individuals low on conscientiousness, low on agreeableness, and high on openness are more susceptible to cheating. Okay, so what does this mean exactly? Well, people low in conscientiousness are careless, disorganized, and unreliable. They're the ones who may or may not show up when they said they would. Folks low in agreeableness are unkind, distant, and uncooperative, 
They're basically the opposite of kind and considerate. And those high in openness can be thrill-seekers always looking for something new and different. So together, it's a high-risk mix for cheating. And even Redder Flag is a partner with traits from what's called the dark triad, narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. These folks tend only to look out for number one and make lousy partners across the board. So avoid these schemers, liars, and manipulators at all costs. Tip number four. If your background includes significant trauma, take time to heal while you search for the one and keep an eye on your chemistry. We're often attracted to those who make us feel at home. But if home, whether family of origin or early formative experiences, mistreated us, exploited us, or otherwise made us feel like garbage, we're likely to pick a partner who makes us feel that way too. It feels familiar and therefore right. It matches what we've been taught to expect from close relationships. Therefore, if you know your partner picker is miscalibrated, don't rely solely on your sense of attraction and chemistry when it comes to choosing a mate. Instead, pay close attention to how your potential partner treats you. Look at their behavior over time, not just the thumpity thump of your heart. This is really hard when you're the one involved, so get lots and lots of outside perspective and feedback from trusted friends and, if applicable, your therapist. Get some distance by asking yourself if you'd approve if your potential partner treated a close friend the way they were treating you. If the answer is no, take some time to reflect and rethink. Tip number five is take a page from optimal stopping theory. Listener Anna writes that in her quest to find a good match, she can get bogged down in overanalyzing, and she asks what the best strategy is to assess fit. Well, it turns out there is a strategy, a mathematical solution called the odds algorithm. Now, the math is over most of our heads, but whether you have several dozen options or several million, the rule says to first reject a fair chunk of the options, and then go with the first available option that is better than every other option rejected thus far. Now, it turns out you can use this rule of thumb in hiring staff, buying a house, and lots of other decisions, including finding a life partner. Essentially, it boils down to this. Don't settle down too early. Spend some time looking. But after you've gotten to know what's out there, when you meet someone who's a better match for you than anyone you've met thus far, it's time to stop and commit. Which brings us to tip number six. When you find the one, commit. In general, people prefer to make reversible decisions, like buying a sweater that can be returned, or, germane to our topic, getting married with the option to divorce, rather than a more permanent decision. This makes sense, but a study in the prestigious Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that people are often happier without the burden of choice. Why? Well, it turns out people adapt to events more quickly when they cannot undo them. And this may be why so many arranged marriages work out just fine. Heck, it even worked for more than one of the reality TV couples on Married at First Sight. So don't pull up to your partner's house with a U-Haul and a thought in the back of your mind that you can keep your options open. Instead, jump in with both feet and commit. Counterintuitively, you'll likely be happier if there's no easy way out. All in all, while it would be nice to weigh all the options exhaustively, we just can't sort through everyone on the planet. But with input from your head, 
your heart, your values, and a dash of a particular mathematical algorithm, you won't have to sort through 7 billion people in order to find the one. Thank you for making Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. Remember to give us a call at the Savvy Psychologist voicemail line at 857-529-5650. You can request an episode topic, leave a comment, or just tell us why you love the show. So give us a call. If you'd like, you could hear your voice on a future episode. That's 857-529-5650. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Beata Santora. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind.